boys. I'm Tyson Nash with the Arizona Coyotes, and uh, I'm on the podcast. I only talk, talk greatness. Okay, here we go. We got Tyson Nash coming on. It's Hazy and T and Big Mike. Here we go, fellas. The number one sports podcast in Vancouver with Ryan Hayes and Big Mike. Roll it up and fire it up. Hayes, 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 and Ryan Hayes and Big Mike. I only touch greatness podcast. Hey, Tyson. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Thank you very much for taking your time for us and coming on today. We appreciate it. No worry. That's bad light there. Holy jeez. <laughs> Not better than you. <laughs> I got it. Nice, looks like you got a nice view. Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad today. It's finally a little sunshine. Where are you guys at? You got the Vancouver? Uh, yeah, we're yeah. out in Vancouver. Nice, nice. I love got, it. That's a little suburb outside of Vancouver called Coquitlam. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I finished my high school in uh, Surrey. Oh, okay. oh, really? Right on. Just across the bridge, like five minutes away. Unfortunately, yeah. Pretty yeah. impressive you made out of Surrey. <laughs> I know. Alive. <laughs> Uh, we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions about hockey. Uh, what, made, what made you get into hockey in the first place? Uh, growing up in Canada, like every uh, other Canadian kid, uh, the weather uh, obviously uh, is, uh, you know, it's pretty tough to deal with. So as a kid, you hit the outdoor rink, you hit the, the uh, tobogganing hills. Um, but I loved uh, the first time I ever hit the ice. It, it was pretty, uh, pretty special. Um, you know what, as a young kid, it's it's what you wanted to do the rest of your life. And just for the record, I'm Ryan, by the way, and this is Big Mike. All right. Love it, boys. Ryan Thanks. and Mike. Nice to meet you. So what, uh, what was it like playing in such a historic franchise like Kamloops and the Dub? Um, that must have been a lot of fun. Three Memorial Cups. Yeah, pretty, pretty exciting. Um, you know, very fortunate, obviously. Uh, you know, I was a young kid. I was a 16-year-old kid uh, when I played full-time there. I played a few games when I was 15. Uh, that was quite an experience in itself. Um, but, uh, yeah, as a 16-year-old kid, you win a Memorial Cup in your first year. You're playing with guys like Scott Niedemeyer, Daryl Sador, uh, Zach Boyer, Corey Hirsch, Ed Patterson. Um, and these are the guys that, you know, as a young kid, you get to, you know, learn from. And you're like a sponge. You're soaking it up. And, and you realize that at a young, important age what it takes to, uh, to win a cup and have success. Uh, in an organization with, uh, you know, coaches like Ken Hitchcock, Tom Rennie, Don Hay, and yeah. you're a part of it. And obviously, I feel very blessed. Yeah, those last couple of years, too, you guys were stacked. I mean, with Tucker and Shane Doan and Ginla, Lukowicz, Baumgartner, Strudwick. I mean, those are some big NHL names. Yeah, I was, I, again, you know, we, uh, the organization, um, you know, has to get a lot of the credit. It, it really does. I mean, that doesn't you know, just happened by accident. When you have a guy like Bob Brown um, and John Hay and Tom Rennie, uh, you know, teaching you the, the ropes because it, it can go the other way in a hurry. If you don't have that type of leadership at the top, uh, you know, giving it to you. I mean, we, they, they gave it to us, you know, a, a number of days as young kids. I remember crying in Bob Brown's uh, office because my, my school marks uh, weren't great. And he thought I was a little bit uh, too much of a playboy you know, driving around in, in this car and pumping the music. And he saw that one time and he was like, no, 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 that, that's not the <laughs> way you need to change your ways and become part of the mold. 
uh, or you're gone. And that was the best advice as a young kid. And you, you never forget it, every level that you go to in your career. Did you have a favorite song before the game you'd listen to or anything? Oh, man, there was so much good stuff. We had Aerosmith. I used to drive uh, to the rink with that plan. Um, you know, Tragically Hip. Country. I was a big country guy, so Garth Brooks uh, was always uh, on my top of the playlist, I would say. But um, what's, I don't your know. Favorite, what's your favorite yeah. Garth Brooks song? Oh, I'm terrible with names, but uh, right. I, I love them all. Friends uh, in Low Places, got to be a good one. Thunder yeah. Roll. Yeah, Thunder Rolls. I, I'm watching the uh, actually the uh, documentary right now of. Uh, yeah, it's his, pretty good. It's insane, absolutely insane. I've heard a lot of the stories. I was part of the the small groups uh, in the NHL that actually had a had an opportunity to hear Garth play one, you know, basically one on, you know, fifteen or twenty in a room, and and he's talking and playing and singing. Honestly, the guy it doesn't get any more first class than him. I didn't even know there was a documentary, and I grew up a big country fan of Garth Brooks. I seen him actually in Vancouver one time, I believe. What was the feeling of being drafted by the Canucks in '94, and what do you remember? Well, obviously ecstatic to be drafted anywhere, um, but in all honesty, if I'm being honest, I, I was I was pissed because. <laughs> I, you know, I had a, a great couple of years. I, I got passed by when I was 17, uh, which was my first year of eligibility. Um, so I was an 18 year old kid uh, when I finally got drafted, but I had to, you know, watch the other two 16 year olds, uh, Ryan Huska and Darcy Tucker get drafted. And uh, as I mentioned, I never did, um, but I, I kind of used it as fuel for the fire. Um, and I had a great year the next year. And I think I was ranked like in the, the sixth round by whatever central scouting um, as, you know, I guess as credible as, as that is, whatever that may be. But um, I ended up going, I don't know, 224th overall or something. And I remember like trying to be so happy, but I was in tears because I was embarrassed. I, I thought uh, I deserved to go earlier in the draft. And again, I, I was, I was mad. I was going to show Vancouver um, that they should have taken me, you know, earlier in the draft. And, uh, and I guess that's how I, how I was wired. And I, I don't, you know, necessarily think it's a bad thing, but I was excited playing in Kamloops, getting drafted by Vancouver. And, uh, obviously the, the rest seemed to work yeah. out. Yeah. Did you ever score against Vancouver? I think so. I remember as a kid, what, what which one was your favorite? Well, I, again, I never got a chance to play for Vancouver, so I played was so, against them. Though I played against them when I finally, uh, you know, got when Vancouver let me go, uh, when Mike Keenan took took over, um, I had an unbelievable year, and he wanted nothing to do with me. He was calling up defensemen to play forward. Um, he just wanted big boys. Chris McAllister was one of those guys. Burt Robertson that came up as defensemen to play forward, and I was so mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm doing everything I can to get an opportunity. Just give me one opportunity in Vancouver. It's practically, yeah. you know, as I told you guys earlier, that I was, that's where I finished my high school graduation. Can you imagine playing in Vancouver for the Canucks? No, I, I, I mean, I honestly couldn't. It was a dream. Never happened. But when I went to St. Louis and we played Vancouver in the playoffs, every time we played Vancouver, I, I wanted to, well, you know what? Yeah, kick, kick, <laughs> kick their ass. <laughs> they, um, for the record, though, uh, 
all of Vancouver, I believe, hates the Messier-Keenan era of the Canucks. So I agree with you on that one. I cannot stand Keenan, and I couldn't stand Messier. Hey, yeah. you, had a, you, you had a better NHL career than Huska, so that's one up for sure, too. You said you had to wait longer than him in the draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? There were so many guys that uh... – you know, and that's one thing I hope uh, if any young kids are watching out there, when your team has success, everybody has success. And it, and it doesn't matter if it's at the junior level. When you win championships, I mean, that's part of your resume. That's part of who you are uh, the rest of your life. And you, no, no one can take that away from you, you know, no matter what happens in your future. So Ryan Hoska, Bob Westerby, you know, Chris Josephson, we all, you know, Chris Murray, so many guys that I played with all got drafted because we won as a team. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a personal highlight or low light? Uh, of, of junior? Yes, in general, in your whole career. Oh, man. I, you know, obviously winning, I think winning that last Memorial Cup in Kamloops was, uh, was a highlight. I know it was junior hockey. Um, but I'll tell you what, playing in front of the fans, uh, the whiteout, um, my, my family, my friends were all there watching. I mean, th there was nothing like it. And obviously being a big part of that championship, it wasn't that way when I was 16. I think I played two of the, the five games that we played in the Memorial cup. So, you know, that wasn't uh, ideal, but, um, that last year for me was big. Um, and, and then obviously you always remember your first NHL game, uh, how hard I had to fight to, uh, to get there. And obviously, the, you know, when I finally made it, I remember my dad telling me, do not say woulda, coulda, shoulda when this game is over. This is an opportunity. You might get one shift. You might get two shifts. You might get one game. You might get, you know, a thousand games. Make them count. And I'll tell you what, I made it count uh, in St. Louis. I'll never forget it. I fought uh, Pat Verbeek in my first game. I played six minutes. And I think I hit everything that moved, including some of my own teammates. So, you it was uh, definitely a memory I'll never forget. Yeah, right on cue, we had that question coming up. What was it like scrapping him? Well, it was two guys with big noses. Uh, I think we, we, we both lost an eye in that fight. So, <laughs> hey, me yeah. too, bud. Me too, bud. <laughs> hey, I took a couple sticks growing up through hockey. <laughs> him, and Tim, him and Tim Hunter had a nose battle last week on here. I, I love it. Schnazzy moto. Yeah, we can smoke cigar in the shower. It's, it's not yeah. a bad thing. Not yeah, <laughs> last last week uh, Tim Hunter was giving me shit about it, and he's not wanting to give me chirps. And then Rob Ray was giving me chirps about it. Like, yeah. oh, but yeah, I got I'm a good sport about it. I can handle it. It came from hockey, so yeah, extra sour cream and bacon on that uh, baked potato of yours. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. You're always one of those guys, always starting shit out. Player love to have and hate to play against. My my type of player. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, that's not how I uh, obviously grew up. That's not my personality off the ice. Um, but uh, again, you know, it was how I was going to last in the league. Everyone has a role. Everyone has a job to do. Um, and Joel Quinville, uh, one of the best coaches I ever played with, uh, along with uh, Greg Gilbert, uh, they, they told me, if you want to play in the NHL and you want to stick around, you know, you got to be the most hated guy in the league. You got to do something different. Uh, you have to bring something to the table that the rest of the team doesn't have. And and that's what it was. We had an unbelievable power play with Chris Pronger and uh, Al McKinnis, two of the best uh, defensemen. I think they won back-to-back -back Norris trophies between the two of them. Turgeon, Pavel Dimitra, 
I mean, the Keith Kachuk, Doug Waite. I played with some unbelievable players in St. Louis. So my job was to go out there and draw penalties. And I did whatever it took to get our team on the power play because when we did, we were unstoppable. I was Brett Hall as a person. He seems pretty awesome. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. He was uh, pretty good. Unfortunately, I never played, I never played with him in St. Louis. I, I missed him in St. Lou, uh, but I got him in, in Arizona, Phoenix Coyotes at the time. Uh, I think uh, the reason he retired was because he was, uh, was on a line with uh, myself, Mike Comrie, and, and Brett Hall, and he was like, what is going on, Gretz? I'm retiring. I, I have to play with Tyson Nash. I'm retiring. My career is over. Hey, it must be the hot wife line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He is an absolute beauty. This guy is uh, – he is – one of the good guys all time, NHL, Brett Hall, not only on the ice, off the ice. He, I, I still see him all the time in St. Louis, and he is an absolute treat. Are you still doing your stuff with Biz Nasty? Some, oh, yeah. Pillow talk? Your pillow talk? Yeah, we uh, yeah, we've, we finished our last season, obviously, a little bit early, a little bit premature with uh, the whole COVID deal. So um, I think next year we'll have a few more, and uh, he's, he's another beauty. This guy is Mr. Personality. So happy for this guy. Obviously, the career he had playing in the NHL, um, you know, didn't have, you know, he did what he had to do to play in the league, and now he's doing uh, that much more for the game. He's, yeah. he's selling it to the young kids. Uh, he's promoting it, uh, and I, I couldn't be happier for guys that have success after they're done playing. Yeah, we love that guy, especially here in Vancouver. We have the Vancouver Warriors lacrosse team, and uh, he was our promoter for uh, the first bit of the season. And what a beauty, you're right. We've been trying to interview him too. We've been, but he obviously he's famous now, so he doesn't doesn't see our messages. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, if he did, he'd get back to you. He's just, yeah. he's a, he's an all around good guy. This guy, he, he seems like it. Yeah, yeah, definitely sure. somebody I wanted to have a beer with that night. He had a whole, he hosted a night at the at the lacrosse game, and he he had beers with all the fans and yeah. the stands and high fives, and that yeah. was the game I wanted to be at, but. Uh, you had a lot of good spirited bouts too. Uh, one I remember obviously is with uh, Sean Avery. Uh, obviously, you remember that one? You guys were just hitting each other, hitting each other, hitting each other. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't forget too many fights. Um, but uh, I mean, again, you got to do what you have to do to stick around. And, you know, as I mentioned, my first NHL game, I fought Pat for Beak. I mean, I grew up watching this guy, idolizing this guy. And now I'm, you know, dropping the mitts with him. Uh, Chris Chelios was another one. Uh, Ronnie Stern, Steve Thomas. I mean, I yeah, I have a few memorable. Didn't turn out so well for me. I finished third uh, in a lot of those fights. But uh, Sean Avery was, <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a guy that I had been in the league for three or four years, I think, at that time. And he was, you know, the young Tyson Nash trying to prove himself. And uh, I gave him an opportunity. And, and we, uh, yeah, we had a really good scrap. And he went on to, to have a great career after that. Uh, evolving, which I, I really admired from a guy like Sean and Steve Ott, uh, two guys that really, you know, were had to do what I had to do, but they also evolved later on in their careers to, to become real valuable offensive players uh, as well, which is really important. Because you did play with Steve Ott. They had you two together, right? I never did. No, I... Oh, I St. Louis? Uh, no, no, I, I missed him as well. Uh, he took my number over in St. Louis. Um, but uh, I never, never played with him. No, he was in Dallas when I, uh, when I finished up. Playing 374 games. How did you uh, keep going? 
Well, I would like to keep going. Uh, 374 is not a, not a lot, um, but you know my size. I'm I'm not a real big guy, and and you know as as I mentioned, I I had to play a certain way. I had to fight guys that I had no business fighting. Um, I had to hit guys, uh, you know, antagonize and wear and tear on your body, and ultimately it kind of wore me down. Had a bad knee. Uh, you know, and, and some other injuries, concussions, etc. And, you know, it takes its toll. And uh, it didn't last quite as long as, uh, as the mind wanted to, for sure. Shanahan sure loved you, eh? Shanahan was another one. That was a, that was a memorable, memorable one. He, uh, yeah, the, he, it was hilarious. This guy went on to be, uh, what was the, uh, you know, disciplinary of the NHL or, you know, and, and this guy was as dirty as they came. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wiley veteran, but this this guy is a big Irishman, and you did not want to uh, to stir that guy up because uh, he'll make you pay, and he certainly did me. Yeah, he slashed you right in the mouth. Yeah, I had I had forty stitches. I'll never forget uh, that story. Uh, I was killing a penalty. He was on the power play, and I kind of chopped him in the back of the legs, and uh, he turned around and just pitchforked me right in the right in the mouth. He knew exactly what he was doing. And I laid down in a pool of blood. Uh, ended up coming back in that game after getting uh, 40 stitches uh, and having a, a decent fight against them. But again, I, yeah, I didn't do so, so well. You, you fought him after the stitches? After the stitches, he re reopened me, I think, for 10 more um, oh. in the same spot. But I did score after that as well. So it was, uh, it was retribution. It was payback. Wow, Gordy Howe. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get a little respect from your teammates too. And the coaches back then didn't seem to mind it either. Oh, yeah, we're going to try to find that video and drop that in right there just to <laughs> see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, well, did you have a favorite sports hero growing up? Like somebody you looked up to? Who was your player you looked up to? Oh, man, so many. Um, you guys will laugh. I mean, I grew up in Edmonton. So, obviously, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier are, are guys that, you know, are the epitome. I had Wayne Gretzky, you know, bed sheets and wallpaper and pillowcases. But the guy that I looked up to the most was, uh, and I don't know if he's, you know, too old for your time, but was Essa Tikkanen. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, this guy was an absolute beauty. As far as entertainment went, this is a guy that I watched that I'm like, okay, I could maybe emulate that. Everyone wants to be like Wayne Gretzky, but come on, there's, there's one Wayne Gretzky. And uh, this is a guy that I'm like, all right, I think I could be an Essa Tikkanen. And he was so much fun to watch. Uh, put you on the edge, edge, you know, edge of your seat every single time he stepped on the ice, had a stick in someone's glove in their face, chirping, yapping. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that was my I, guy. I thought Essatikian was kind of like the early Claude Lemieux. Like before, they played the same kind of pesty game. And I was just young because I'm only 83 born. So I, those all those cup runs, I was a little kid. Remember seeing Essatikian in as his pest out there. Yeah, so that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good pick you had there. Yeah, and they both could play. That was the big thing, obviously. Lemieux, Tikkanen. I mean, add add the Stanley Cups up. I mean, <laughs> that's all you needed to say. Yeah, yeah, they count for itself. What was it like playing uh, in Japan? Oh, it was it was an experience. I mean, it was bittersweet for me. Um, again, when you're an NHL player, your career, unless you're. Uh, uh, well, not even Brett Hall, because it kind of ended ended bad for him in, in Arizona. Um, but uh, there's very few that it ends on their terms. 
Um, and for me, I was trying to get back in the NHL. I was trying to reestablish myself. Never got an opportunity. And uh, Jamie McLennan, a good buddy of mine, uh, reached out and said, hey, we got an opportunity to make some money, uh, you know, kind of play hockey and, and go on, you know, a one, maybe one last adventure. And it was more than an adventure. It was the most amazing experience um, to finish my career off. It was like a paid vacation. We were treated like royalty. Um, to learn another culture uh, and be in another country was just absolutely incredible. And uh, my wife, my dad got to come, uh, a lot of my family members to, to visit. And so we all kind of, you know, got a chance to experience it. Did you have a favorite movie about sports growing up or do you still have one? Oh, Youngblood is, is the, the be all end all. If you, if you ask me, again, it's, it's an oldie, but it is a goodie. Um, you know, my kid, uh, you know, Ty now plays junior hockey. Um, so he's experienced a little bit about, uh, you know, what it's like. And, um, but that is a character, character movie. And we know Ty, he's a good kid. We had him on a couple weeks ago and he was one of my favorite interviews. Just the way was, I said that as soon as we got off the air, I said to Mike, like he handles himself like a professional and he seems beyond his age. And then I, you think about how old he is. I felt like I was in, interviewing an adult. Yeah. He, you know what? He, he just turned, turned 17. Um, he took a lot of pride in, you know, trying to learn how to do interviews. I mean, it, it doesn't come natural for, for a lot of players. I mean, you still see, and I interview NHL players. I'm like, that was absolutely terrible. Like, <laughs> spit, you know, spit the marbles out um, and show some personality. So that's kind of what I tell him. I, I try to, you know, encourage that because I don't think it's a bad thing. Hockey players are, are such good people. And, and I think the public wants to see, you know, more of that side of them, not just the hockey side, but the personality side. And uh, Ty is, I was so proud of him. The, the year he had this year, all he went through coming from Scottsdale, um, playing birth year hockey before that. And all of a sudden now he's playing against 19 and 20 year old men uh, traveling, riding the bus, 12, 14 hour bus trips, going to school, uh, staying with a billet, being away from his friends and family. It's not easy. And uh, I think he did a, a real nice job. You ever come and see him out in Vancouver? Yeah, I, I watched as many games as I could. Um, you know, traveling with the Coyotes, it makes it a little bit difficult. But I, I think I got to Leftbridge uh, probably two or three times. Uh, I saw him in uh, Regina a couple times, believe it or not. And I saw him in, uh, in Kelowna, where I spend the summers, where I am right now. Um, okay. The last game, yeah, the last game, in fact, of the year, he had a two-point night, a goal and an assist um, in his last game this uh, this season when, when things got shut down. I was going to tell – Mike could probably answer – he was probably going to ask the same question. We could tell that this looks like Okanagan Lake behind you, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, the sun's out, and, uh, yeah, it's it's another oh, nice yeah. day here. So, yeah, we're, we're just chilling. Ty's out there somewhere. I don't know where he is, but. He's out there probably living the dream, the young kids, summertime. Yeah, well, you got to get the training in first. That's mandatory. You don't get on the boat until the training and running is done. So. Yeah, good for you. What was it like seeing him suit up for his first game? Were you nervous? Any emotions? Uh, I was really emotional. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, again, I wanted him to do what he wanted to do. Um, but right now I was like, oh, maybe college is the way to go, you know. And uh, he had a lot of interest from a lot of schools. Uh, but he, he chose the, the junior route and uh, I'm so proud of him. I didn't know what to expect as a, you know, as I said earlier, he comes from Scottsdale. There's lots of good hockey there right now. I, I'm so proud of 
the program uh, and all the Arizona kids. There's, there's going to be a lot of surprises in the, the near future in the hockey world. But, um, you know, you just don't – you're not prepared when you play birth year hockey. And uh, all of a sudden, like I mentioned, he's playing against 19-year-old, 20-year-old guys. And I was like, okay, he's going to be – crap in his pants out there for sure i hope he's wearing a diaper because this is not what he's used to and he did great he did more than great and uh i can't wait to see what he does next year yeah and they got a good team too depending on who comes back to some of those vets it might have must have been nice uh, looking up to i mean can't ask for better players than dylan cousins and Kalen addison i mean those are two great guys to look up to and they're gonna have great nhl careers as well yeah, and then watching them, what they did at, uh, you know, World Juniors and, and how they did it, uh, you know, is it, just so good, you know, to be a sponge. As I mentioned, for me, it was, it was Zach Boyer, it was Scott Niedemeyer, it was Daryl Sador. And now for Ty, he's watching, you know, the Dylan Cousins and the Addisons and uh, Combites, lots of good veteran players around him. And, you know, again, they're going to be good next year. Uh, I just hope he takes another step. And I told him, I go, you got to come in there and you played 16-year-old hockey. You're not a rookie anymore. You got to come in, respect the league, but have, have and make your presence felt. That's what you got to do. You might have to step on some toes and show the coach that you're ready to go if, if that's, you know, if this is the road you want to take and be an, an NHL player. That's for sure. And you got to step on some toes to get what you want. Don't let anyone tell you no. That's right. I mean, it's uh, you got to keep knocking that door down and, and knocking it down yeah. in some cases. And I told him, I go, there's there's teammates. There's a pecking order. I don't care if you're in business or in, you're in hockey. Um, you know, there's guys that are ahead of you and you need to take them down. And you might have to do that at a training camp. And I, I told him that. I go, I know they're all your teammates. They're your good friends. But you might have to run somebody over in training camp and go, hey, here I am. I'm ready to go. I'm 17, but I'm ready to go. Yeah. Hey, you can uh, definitely relate to this. I'm sure there was uh, numerous fights in your guys' training camps in junior and in probably the NHL. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, the one thing I am happy about is that the game is changing a little bit, um, you know, because I have a kid in it. I, yeah. The feelings I had, the sickness I had, uh, the fear I had riding the bus, not sleeping the night before games, knowing what was going to happen the next day, the next – training camp, the next whatever, it, it was, it was bad. Um, so I'm happy he doesn't ne necessarily have to deal with that type of, uh, you know, anguish and fear maybe. Um, and that you can just go out and play hockey. There's not many fights anymore, but uh, um, you know, it's, I've got some really good stories uh, of my career. I'm proud of the way I handled it. Uh, but there was some sleepless nights. I, I can tell you that. And obviously you don't get a nose, like this um, without having to pay a price and a heavy one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, what do you think the kids nowadays give up to play sports, especially if you're trying to go pro? You have to give up a lot of stuff. What would you say that is for kids growing up? Well, again, today, I think more than ever, I mean, you see these kids nowadays, they're, addic they're addicted to their phones. Uh, Snapchat social media, stuff that we never had. I mean, so we were a little bit more focused. Um, but back when I played, I mean, it was, it was the parties, it was the movies. Um, you know, it was a lot of temptations that you had to stay away from because you had to get up and train uh, the next morning. And you wanted to, you had goals. And I think that's the biggest thing for young kids. You have to set goals for yourself. And every day you have to get better. 
And that's what I tell Ty, and, and that's what he tells himself. He's very motivated. There's not a lot of times that I have to tell uh, tell him to let's let's go, let's go train, let's go work, let's get on the treadmill. He he's there before I'm even out of bed sometimes. And I think just with social media, there's so many more distractions. These kids are addicted to their phones, and their head is down constantly, and they can't put them down to go train and go run on the treadmill and go you know onto the ice. So. Um, you, you have to be a little bit more focused as kids and yeah, you, you get FOMO. You think you're missing, you know, it's the fear of missing out. You think you're missing everything because of this social media stuff. And it's, I, I hate it. I hate social media. In fact, I got out of it off of it right now and I've never been happier. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I can't agree more. My, uh, we, I've been in social media my whole like <laughs> life. So I, and I know how much that takes the toll on my family, my friends, the people I like, I'm sitting downstairs at my friend's house and I'm not at a barbecue, but I'm on my phone the whole fucking time. Sorry to swear. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's part of it. You got to be very disciplined and I don't know. I mean, the world just passes you by so quick. I've realized and with what's going on in our world right now, I I had to get off. I mean, I, you know, I was posting pictures and, you know, I didn't have a mask on and I was getting bullied on there and people were, you know, pretty, you know, yeah. pretty hard on you. I, 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 do like, I do like one thing you said earlier about how you make sure Ty does all his running and his exercises before he gets to have fun and go on the boat. So you keep yeah. him, you keep him working hard and then you get to relax and enjoy yourself after. Yeah, you have to do it. It's part of it. You have to pay a price. Um, you know, if you want to accomplish anything good in life, you, you, you have to pay a price. It doesn't come easy. Nothing comes easy in this world. And uh, he's learning that as a, as a young kid. He learned that this year. Um, yeah. you know, I don't think he expected it to be easy, but that is a big boy league. And those are big boys. And everyone wants to make it to the next level, which is the NHL and the American Hockey League. We're off to Europe. And they will step on and crush whoever they have to. And you don't want to be that guy. And he found that out in a hurry. Have you uh, golfed Predator Ridge lately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me and uh, actually, me and Ty were there the other day. We were hacking it up. I think they had to resaw it a lot of the tee boxes, but <laughs> we, were, we were there. Nice. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new playoff format? Um, you know what? It's, it's really interesting. This play in, um, this round robin they have going on with the, uh, uh, the other teams, uh, the more established teams. That, uh, that are going to be fighting for home ice advantage. I mean, uh, and for me, I keep thinking about, man, this is going to be weird broadcasting the games because I won't be in Edmonton broadcasting the game. Um, I'll be in, uh, back in Arizona calling it off the, uh, the Jumbotron, and it's going to be so weird, so awkward to try and find that energy. But here I am feeling sorry for myself, and then I'm like, well, wait a minute. What's going to be like for the players? Like, yeah. how hard is this going to be for a player to go out there and go, hey, wait a minute. Like, this is playoff hockey. Like, but that being said, no fans in the building means that everybody is getting some normalcy back in their in their lives, which is pro sports, which is watching hockey on TV. And we all get an opportunity to do that. I cannot wait for it. So I think the players also are like, this is going to be massive for me and my career because all eyes are on this game here tonight. And I think that's motivation enough. And that's, and that's for sure. Even with no fans, it, it makes it even a fair play for each team. You don't have a home field advantage. You're not, you're not 
winning games three and four on the road. Now everything's a home game for everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. Did you have a favorite playoff performer growing up? Like somebody you watched in the playoffs that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, watching Wayne Gretzky, and obviously we know Mark Messier, what he did uh, in Edmonton and, and what he did in New York. I mean, I don't know if it gets any any better than that, does it? He, he calls the next game. He goes out and gets a hat trick against the Devils. I mean, this guy was an absolute beast. Um, and I had a chance. We had to, him a little too late. Yeah, you did. You got him a, a little late. I was there as well. So and he, was, and, he to- and he totally fucked us, so I swear again, but he, to- <laughs> he totally fucked us in 94. <laughs> right. That's when I was a rookie. That's when I came up. We won a Memorial Cup in Kamloops, and I was a black ace with that team. And I watched that Canuck team go all the way against the Rangers and obviously lose as they did. And it was it wasn't, I mean, obviously I never played for Vancouver, but I was a black ace. I felt like I was part of it. And obviously I, I felt the city's pain and uh, that was tough to watch. All right. We all felt that. And I still feel that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of uh, these players opting out? Well, you know, everyone has to do what they have to do to feel comfortable. Um, you know, everyone's got different views on the, on this virus and what's going on and how we're handling it. Uh, right or wrong, masks, no masks, uh, kids. I mean, I got kids in school, you know, like do they go back to school? Do they not go back to school? Uh, university sports, are they going to play? I mean, my, my kid, as we talked about, he plays in the Western Hockey League. Do they start in October and uh, early October as we, you know, expected? I know the borders, I think they got extended again till August 21st. So um, until those borders get opened up, I mean, I, I think it makes it difficult for everything. And it's yeah. tough. It's awful. The CHL is one league, just like I would say the CFL. They are gate-driven like leagues that you need those fans in the stands or else how are you going to do it? You can't have BC Lions and no fans in the stands because you're paying these people and you're not making any money. The league's only worth a million dollars, the whole league. Like the CHL would be the same way. They're making all their revenue based off of fans being in the building. So I, I honestly think, I don't know if I'm going to see the CHL this year or the BC Lions. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what's going to happen. Um, I know there's a lot of talk of, you know, maybe starting the, the year with, you know, 25 or 50% occupancy um, and continuing to do that social distancing. Maybe everyone's wearing masks. I, I don't really know, but um, I guess it, it's all going to be, you know, interesting how the NHL goes about it and how it, it works. Um, and then I, I think it's baby steps at that time. I think we're all learning um, as this goes along day by day. I mean, as the numbers climb and fall and, um, you know, what's going to happen in, in so, post sports. So I go to a lot of Canuck games. I'm a season ticket holder. So if they just handed us a mask with a hole to put the straw through so we can still drink, we could all be fine. Like, let's, I'll sit next to somebody two door, two seats down if I have to, but just let me go to the games. You're going to put the Canucks in the playoffs and I'm not allowed to be there. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even allowed to be there. This is my first year as a season ticket holder and I bought it because this is the year we're going to win the cup. And now you, I'm not even allowed to be in the building. Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll be on some patio somewhere uh, enjoying it with a bunch of people and a cold one. Hey, maybe uh, your place on the patio <laughs> on the lake. Yeah. Yeah. You, you never know. You never know. Doors are always open, boys.
Hey, I'll take you to, I'll take you to golf at Predator Ridge. <laughs> I love it. It's a pretty beautiful spot. I, this place, honestly, it's not a diamond in the rough so much anymore, but tons of NHL guys live here. I think there's like 70 or something. Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of my summers up in Vernon. My uh, wife's from Vernon, so I'm up there quite a bit. Yeah, I'm closer to, to Vernon than uh, actually Kelowna, so I I, uh, I enjoy it. It's she's got she's got a place just on the water too. So actually, right, D McCammon's our neighbor. So uh, oh, I know to, exactly where he, where they live. Yeah, yeah, I get to see him quite a bit, and uh, yeah, he's a beauty. Yeah, that's a great little uh, little cove. That's a that's a sweet spot. Yeah, a little cul-de-sac down there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I love Vernon. I had never been there before until we went to his wedding last summer, and now I'm I, I love Vernon. I will go yeah. to Vernon all the time now. Yeah, good people, man. Good people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely for sure. How you liking this broadcasting? Uh, honestly, I don't know if there's a better job in pro sports. I, I really don't. Uh, I don't get beat up anymore. I still get to travel around on the private plane and stay in nice hotels and. Be a part of it, and and that's the biggest thing for me. Hockey is, I I've also I've evolved in other areas of my life, um, but still, yeah. hockey is my passion. It, it's what I love to do. It's lo it's what I love to talk about, um, and it's it makes up a lot of what I am, obviously, and and you know what I have. So uh, I love to give back. I love to call the games and just be around it. It's, it's the best game uh, in the world, if you ask me. And uh, to be a part of it is pretty special. Sounds like the same answer Rob Ray gave us because he's a, he's announcing as well now and he's not taking punches to the face. <laughs> yeah, oh, that guy was tough, man. I, I had Tony Twist in St. Louis, and if you guys are, are bored. Yeah, I put that video, I put that video, I dropped that in the background of the fight because he said Tony, yeah. he said Tony Twist. Another guy, hit so Tony Twist hit me so hard here one night right here and it pushed my eyeball in through my orbital bone up in here. The whole side of my face filled full of air for nine days. So oh. nine days, my eye is like this until all the air filtered out of my system. And, you know, the eye would open up again. So <laughs> those two guys right there are like, you, you didn't want to get hit by them. fucking eyeball up into his forehead. And I was the guy that picked Tony Twist's gloves up, I believe. I believe. And threw him back to Twister in the penalty box. And I skated by Rob Ray. And he was trying to find his face. Yeah. And oh. was broken. And I was like, oh, my God. That is nasty. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. I dropped that video in, that exact clip where Rob Ray's like, trying to find his face. Yeah. So that's and pretty awesome. And he was tough, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, we can't uh, thank you enough for coming on for us today, man. We really appreciate it. I know we've been trying to hook up, and we totally, totally appreciate you taking your time today. Absolutely, boys. Always a pleasure. We're talking hockey, um, and we're talking, uh, yeah. It's, enjoy, uh, your night, enjoy your night with a cold one on that uh, lake tonight, man. Hang on. Oh, I think it's go. happy hour. I think oh, it's yeah. happy hour, so I'll do that. Thanks, boys. Hey, hey boys, I'm Tyson Nash with the Arizona Coyotes, and uh, I'm on the podcast. I only talk, talk greatness. Hey, that works. Thank you. Hey, thank you. A touch greatness. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's all good. We'll talk soon. See you guys. Hey, Cheers. thank you.